Welcome to the Vibrant Workplace podcast, the show where you'll hear interesting stories from people working in organizations committed to a positive working world. I'm Craig Thompson, founder of Vibrant Talent. We help organizations become vibrant workplaces where people want to take jobs, make a positive impact through their work, and feel like it was worthwhile doing it. Today, I'm with Michelle Murphy. Michelle is the head of HR and operations for JMK Solicitors and Crash Services. Michelle is going to share with us their journey with the four-day working week, which is a movement I'm particularly excited about. So, Michelle, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking the time to come on and share your story with us. Thank you for the invitation, Craig. Why don't you tell our listeners, Michelle, a little bit about your own background firstly, and then JMK and Crash? Yeah, well, I have been working with JMK Solicitors for nearly 12 years now and for Crash Services for just over five years. I am a qualified solicitor, worked in a range of commercial and general practice, and then came to JMK and developed my career really more into the business management, which has led us on to HR has become such a big part of our business. And I suppose that's really where my focus has been over the last 12 years or so at this stage. And so it's a brilliant organisation to work for both of them. We have about 180 staff and that's grown by over 40 staff in the last three years. So we're very busy and continuously growing workforce. Very good, very good. So I guess a lot of organisations see HR as almost a a sort of protection, really. It's about doing the things that you have to do to kind of not get in trouble. But it doesn't sound from the conversations that we've had in the past, Michelle, that that's how EHR is seen within JMK and Crash. It seems to be more about really creating a positive working environment for people. Is that right? Absolutely. You know, really, we've always said that our team is at the heart of everything we do. And if we can create a good workplace that people are engaged and productive, then we can create a great service for our clients. And therefore, we have a successful business. So without our team being committed and engaged and enjoying their work, you know, that would be detrimental to the success of the business. And that has always been the approach. And it's fantastic for me to say we've been able to introduce so many great projects and great changes and, you know, develop the business to make it a great place to work. And that that is always at the heart of everything we do. Okay. So the culture then in JMK and Crash, are they very similar? Do they have the same culture across the two? How does that work? Yes, I think so. Well, we have the same CEO and I suppose that the culture starts from the top. And I suppose that's a lot of reasons why we have a shared culture in so many aspects. We have core values in both businesses and those core values were created by the team themselves. We came together, decided exactly what values matter to us in our everyday working life. And we've embraced them in every aspect of our working life, you know, throughout the processes, procedures, the daily functions and throughout all the HR aspects of the business as well. So I think really embracing those core values, embracing the mission and vision of both businesses has created a culture where everybody knows why they're there, what's expected of them and why what they do every day makes a difference to our clients. Okay, so purpose is really at the heart of it, would you say? Absolutely. And I think that's very important for the four-day working week as well, because you know I've spoken to so many organizations about this, and they always sort of ask the question, 
what is your purpose for doing this? Why do you want to implement the four-day working week? And I think you have to be clear about what you wanted to achieve. I mean, for us, it was about creating a good work-life balance for our team and making them happy and enjoying their work every day and making you know, work a positive part of their life. And I think the impact of the four-day week has had so many other benefits to our business, but I think the purpose has always been that it would improve the lives of our team. And I think that's the right reason to embark on the process if you're thinking about it. So the the four-day week is a really interesting movement. And obviously, organizations that do it, they all have their different approach to it. They all have their different reasons for doing it. Where did it come from for you? Well, again, it came, I suppose it was the idea of our CEO originally, and I think he first suggested it to us in 2018. But it came on the back of another project that we undertook in 2017, which was to allow our team to what we call work in the sun. So we allowed the team in JMK Solicitors the opportunity to go and work in the Canaries during the month of February. So it was about testing remote working and flexible working because we did flexible hours when we worked from that location. And in order for that project to work, we looked at the business um, as a whole. We looked at our processes and procedures. We looked at where we were spending money. We looked at what we could improve, basically, and what processes, procedures we could improve, what spending was unnecessary. And therefore, we funded the project to be able to allow the team and their families to go and get the benefits of winter sun while still being productive in work. So that in itself was obviously a fantastic project and a big undertaking for us. And it worked so well that we did it as well in craft services in early 2020 and had the same success um, in that business. But because that project worked so well, in fact, that month of February in 2017 was the most successful in terms of productivity that the business had ever had. And that therefore sparked the idea, well, what else could we do if we pulled this off as successfully as we have? Could we embark on and that then turned out to be the four-day working week, which we call our ultimate core value project because we felt that embodied all of our core values, being able to work the four-day week and improve you know, the health and well-being of the staff. I absolutely love that. I have to say, Michelle, work in the sun. Have you got any vacancies at the moment? Is that yeah, yeah. coming up again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, you know, honestly, we absolutely intend to do it again across both businesses because the impact of the Working in the Sun project was so beneficial and um, also just in terms of relationships as well as, you know, general productivity because the team got to go away with different people who they wouldn't normally work with. And I think that whilst we have a lot of variant departments, particularly in craft services, and I think being able to work with different departments give you some insight into what they do and a better understanding of the business overall and create a great friendships, you know, and bonds, which... I think only something unusual like that really can do. Yep, absolutely. And I guess, you know, off the back of that, you must have been really well prepared for when the pandemic came around and a lot of organizations were obviously reacting and starting to think about how do we work remotely? How do we let people work from home, et cetera? But because of that experiment that you had in 2017, you must have been really well prepped for it. Absolutely, Craig. It was really quite straightforward for us. I mean, everyone had equipment to work from home. So it was literally just sending out a message to say to everyone, I think it was the 16th of March, work from home from here on in. And we had to make very few changes. I mean, other than sort of the 
basic fundamentals of post in and out, you know, and checks and accounts that, you know, bank and that kind of thing. There was really nothing that we couldn't do from home. And so we were able just pretty much, as you said, a flick of a switch to continue to operate very successfully at home. And, you know, that probably we could always do it. We probably never tested it as much as we should, but we were able to do it when we had to. And I think we've had a lot of beneficial outcomes from the last two years too, just in terms of getting comfortable with working from home, you know, which we definitely now are. Yeah. You've mentioned your core values a couple of times there, and you mentioned the ultimate core value project being the four-day week. What are those core values that you have? You can put me on the spot now. (laughs) (laughs) We have six in GMK and we have five in Crash. And, you know, the base, basically, fundamentally on the the values that are important to us. So I suppose rather than giving you all of those in a line, I'll summarise basically to say priority, which would be making our team and our customers a priority is definitely a key one there. You know, we always say fulfill, which would be, you know, we fulfill our promises and we'll do what we say we're going to do. Embracing innovation, that's the big one, certainly across both businesses, as well as that, you know, the other things are working together, you know, developing our skills, making the best of the resources available by coming together to get the best outcome from our team. Another big one is about celebration and celebration success. I think that's important both on a personal level for our team and for a business. We'll always celebrate success and let the team know that they are rewarded. Some of the other ones are, you know, working with honour and respect and compassion, appreciation. There are some of the other ones as well. So a lot of them feed into each other. But fundamentally, I think at the heart of it, it's about respect and working together being a tight team and always looking at ourselves and, you know, making sure that we're looking at the team first and therefore the benefits will spill out, you know, to the business and to society generally. Yeah, a great set of core values and a lot of people focus around those. And obviously values like embracing innovation, it's not just about things like technology, it's about how you actually operate as a business and testing things like work in the sun that you've mentioned the four-day week are great examples of that I think you must have to have a high level of trust in your people and in your workforce to do things like that but you did mention there that when you did that in 2017 you actually saw higher levels of performance is that right yeah absolutely that month that we done the work in the sun was the best performance the company had had to date at that time you know and we have seen similar impact over the last two years since we have reduced the working week. Obviously, the pandemic has certainly been, you know, affected some aspects of that. And I suppose we'll see more, I hope we'll see more positive impacts in the future, whenever that is in the future. But, you know, we have again improved productivity. We have again seen the business grow over the last two years, particularly in JMK solicitors. You know, more recently, we've seen very positive outcomes and we believe that, like it's not just the four-day working week, it's all of those strategies. And I mean, they all feed into looking after our team and all about health and well-being. I mean, the four-day week is just part of that overall strategy of focusing on our team. And I suppose one of the standout ones that I would mention is customer and client satisfaction. That has actually increased since we've reduced to a four-day working week. At the start, we measured that we had a 95% recommendation rate from our clients that has now increased to 99 percent so i suppose wow. that's a very 
it's a simple statistic that I think illustrates that, you know, even a change which you may think should be detrimental to the business because you're working less can actually have a positive outcome. Absolutely. I can see the logic behind that. People want to be serviced by and use products made by happy, healthy workers and happy, healthy people deliver a better service ultimately. So yeah, I think that's brilliant. That's real evidence there that shows the impact on your clients and your customers. And obviously then they go and say good things about working with you They recommend your services to other people. So that's a really clear, tangible outcome. That's really good. Who was the first person to bring up the idea then of moving to a four-day work week? <laughs> I think it was our CEO, Jonathan McKeown. I think it was his idea in the beginning. And I think you won't mind me saying he often says he comes up with ideas and says, like, there it is, make it happen, you know, and which a good leader does. And so I think, I think it was. And, you know, certainly I was sceptical. I think, you know, it's understandable that when someone suggests something so dramatically different, your automatic response is to think, really, how are we going to make this happen? But we did it. And as I say, I think that the goal is there and the reasons for doing it are right at the start. You can probably make anything happen within your business. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point that you make about the way that you respond to ideas like this, because I think a lot of the time people hear ideas like this and they just automatically assume that's something for the Googles and the Facebooks of this world. It's not something for, you know, my company. It's not something we could possibly do. So I'm I'm sure there was a few surprised faces in the first instance. Was there any (laughs) resistance to the idea? Yes, absolutely. You know, I think we haven't brought along any change that hasn't been met with some resistance. And this was no different than anything else. I think it probably was an element of people thinking we'll have to work harder. We'll have to work longer days. And there'll be some fly in the ointment with it. And so I think you mentioned trust. And I think that is key to making any change in an organization and consistency. And I think you really only get that trust if you're consistently saying, like, we're going to do this. And you keep delivering the same message so that the team know that you mean it and you are going to put the resources into it and you're going to make it happen. And as I mentioned, one of our core values has always been fulfill which is you know translates to us as we will fulfill our promises we said we would do this so we had to keep saying it until we got everybody on board and we did you know but it took time I think to get everybody really focused and accepting that it was something that was going to happen and not just a pipe dream. Yeah that's an interesting point that you've raised about how people reacted to this then when You said that some people might have felt this was going to mean that they had to work harder, they had to work longer days, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Is that what you found? No, I hope not. I hope the team would agree, know that that hasn't been the case. Of course, there are always exceptional times. But no, I mean, what we have done practically is we have reduced our working weekly hours by 20%. And that has usually translated as one day off a week for most of the team. So no increase in days. Working harder in the four days? Well, potentially, you know, yes, you probably are cutting out a lot of time wastage, you know, and that was really where we started was trying to improve all our processes and procedures to get rid of the the time wasted effectively so that we could manage to do the same amount of work in four days that we were doing in five. So I don't think it's working harder. I think smarter is probably a better description. 
yeah, okay, so working smarter and finding more efficient ways to work, I'm sure. And exactly. did you help people to find those smarter ways to work or do you think that they more so find those efficiencies themselves? Well, they find the efficiencies themselves within every department, but we facilitated that. So I suppose, you know, I do think it's important to lead the project and that you need to, you know, get each department thinking about what they spend their time doing what they could improve time spent on. And I think what we did, and I think what's important for companies to do is to facilitate that, you know, take people away from the daily tasks, give them the time to think about what they could improve and let them then introduce these improvement measures, whatever they may be. Maybe it's a technology improvement, maybe it's reduced meeting times, maybe, you know, it's reduced training or more effective training whatever it might be so the team did come up with the ideas but you know we did make sure that we had deadlines in place we had regular meetings and we facilitated the opportunity for them to come up with the ideas really yeah and I think you know if we had that opportunity if anybody was offered the opportunity to have an extra day off a week you would certainly find ways to be more efficient I think particularly in areas like meetings So many organizations have an effective meetings policy, but it's not something that people actually pay any attention to. You know, everybody gets invited to every meeting type of thing, and maybe they don't (laughs) need to be there. Yeah, well, it's definitely one thing that we had to look at. We do our best now to keep all our meetings under an hour. And if we can keep them to 30 minutes, we'll do that. And normally, I think it's important that if something comes out of a meeting that you don't go down a wormhole, you know, you say, right, look, this is a bigger thing. We'll set a separate meeting and talk about that separately. So then it doesn't become, you know, meetings that last for half a day or a day at a time. And that's hard for us, especially as lawyers, because, you know, we have a lot to say. So, you know, it certainly has been a change in mindset for us to be able to do that. And it's a work in progress. You know, we have some are better than others, but I do think we are protective of our time now, you know, in a way we don't want to waste it because we know what we have to get through in, in four days rather than five. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, you know, it really focuses people then because they know they have less time to do it. I'm wondering, is this something that was optional? Could people still say, no, I would prefer to just work five days? Was there anybody who said that? Was there anybody who asked for that? Initially, I think there may have been one or two out of, you know, as I said, 100 at that time, 150 plus. But nobody took the option took the decision to opt out in the end everybody opted in because I think they could see the benefits that you know the potential benefits and certainly when we went to kickoff date which was January 2020 at that time everybody was on board you know so I suppose the initial as I said to skeptics had said no I'm not going to do this but when it got to the point of starting it everybody was on board and why wouldn't you be you know Yeah, I think it's really commendable for you as an organization to choose to do this for your people. You know, my own personal beliefs around the world of work are that people, you know, if they work Monday to Friday, then they're so busy, they're so stressed, they're frantic all week doing what they need to do in terms of commute to work, going to work, the pressures of being in work. Their whole life is dominated by work. And then they get to Saturday and they've got to catch up on all the things that they needed to do around the house, chores, et cetera, et cetera, on the Saturday, all those things that they couldn't do during the week because they're in work. 
And then all of a sudden it's Sunday again and a lot of people have got the fear, they've got anxiety, they're panicking about going back into work on the Monday. So to have that extra day, just to actually be able to switch off and breathe and live is a big part of it. And I can imagine that by doing that, people appreciate you as an employer so much more because you value their health and well-being and their work-life balance. And that must pay off for you as well. You know, you mentioned about in terms of measures of success for this, you mentioned a very important one when you talked about customer and client satisfaction improving. Mm-hmm. Are there any other ways in which you've seen tangible benefits from making the decision to do this? Yeah, definitely. You know, well, look, throughout the business, you know, but in terms of quantitative measures, yes, I mean, our staff retention rate is 1% approximately wow. for the last year, you know, and that's across, obviously, there's several departments but that's across both businesses more or less our absence rate again is sitting you know in and around one percent which is also fantastic especially during the pandemic you know that's been a great statistic for us so they have certainly improved recruitment certainly it's impacted recruitment I mean we've been able to recruit I think directly which is particularly when you're recruiting professionals sort of solicitors accountants that kind of thing you know, you're often using external bodies to, to do that recruitment for you, but we've been able to do that directly because people are approaching us, and which is a, you know, cash impact, you know, that's, yeah. a, that's a money-saving impact there on that. But as well as that, our team satisfaction has improved. We surveyed the team at the beginning of the project and we asked them, you know, how satisfied they were working um, in JMK solicitors, their stat. And um, I think we had... 68% said they were very happy working at JMK, and that has now improved to 92%. Who would wow. say that they are very happy working at JMK Solicitor? So I think if you're able to say 92% of your staff are happy to work here, I mean, that sort of says it all for me, and that that is the validation that making this change was, was worthwhile. But, you know, as I said, it is made in isolation. You know, all of the health and wellbeing initiatives that we've introduced you know, over the years has created a good environment. This is just one of those, but I suppose this is perhaps the biggest one. And it's certainly the one that, you know, everybody wants to talk about. And the team are so happy to share this story with all their friends and family, you know, outside of work. It sort of gives everyone a sense of pride to be able to say, you know, I work four days a week for full pay and full benefits. And I've been part of making that happen. You know, I think that's how the team feel about it. And that's brilliant for us. You know, of course it is. Absolutely. There's a lot of powerful reasons there that you've mentioned about why organizations should be doing this. And I think, you know, the intangible of this for me is if I was a job seeker and I was looking at your organization and I knew you were doing this, it says something to me that you choose to do something like this. It says something about your approach to people and the fact that you care for people beyond just the four-day week. I can imagine that feeds into everything else that you do. Yeah, I mean, well, that's a fact. You know, that is a fact, and that is the culture of the organisation. And I think really, you know, for the future and certainly for the future of HR and the workplace, that is what matters to people. Work is, as you said, such a big part of their life. It has to be something that they enjoy. It has to be an environment and a culture that they feel invested in and feel that they matter in, you know, and I think... Every workforce has got to adapt and become collaborative and become inclusive and you know become somewhere that 
you want to spend your life because that's the reality of it, you know. And there's so much competition out there. There's so much change, but also the workforce has developed, you know, we're more highly educated and we expect more. And, you know, workplaces have to be able to provide that. Businesses have to compete with other businesses to create an environment that you want to spend such a big part of your life in. You know, it's not just about money. I think, you know, that is over. I think that is an idea. I mean, of course, the remuneration has to be good too, and that has to meet your needs. But, you know, I think that's now only one part because society has changed so dramatically over the last, I suppose, 20 years, really, and will change even more in the future, I think. Yep, absolutely. I completely agree with you. And, you know, at every level as well, that applies. I remember when I took my first job after university, I was applying for two different jobs. One of them, the salary was £12,000 a year, which is obviously very, very low. Um, That's good back then. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And the other job then was £14,500, which still, you know, was not a great salary. But the difference between twelve and fourteen five when you're at that level is significant to a job seeker. And yet I still took the job that was at 12K a year because... I had heard better things about the culture and the reputation of the organization. I thought that's where I want to be. I don't want to be in some toxic environment where people are coming and going all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. I guess when it comes to, you know, the process then of how you actually went about doing this, so you've got everybody on board, everybody's made the decision. We're going to give it a go. Did you test it or trial it or did you just jump in and make the move? (laughs) Well, we did a range of things, I suppose. In crash services, the approach there was we reduced by 10% the working week initially, which was approximately half a day for everybody. We tried that first, I think, for about 10 months or so, and then added the additional 10%, so then went to the full 20%. You know, there's a big benefit in doing that. I think the reduction of 10% really had very little impact, you know, on the working week because you were still available five days a week. So that is, was certainly a good start point. In the GMK team, we did it slightly differently. We went straight to the 20% reduction, but we introduced it gradually in each team. So we started with the smaller teams. They ran for a few weeks so we could identify any problems that we maybe hadn't foreseen. And then we could have those ironed out before we introduced it to the larger teams throughout the business. So It was a more gradual approach there, but a full 20%. And in terms of trial, yeah, you know, we said initially we would do it for a 12-month trial. Then the pandemic hit. So we were only into it two months when the pandemic hit. So we said we would extend the trial further year and see how that went. So, I mean, we're two years into it now in JMK in January and nearly two years into it in Crash. So really we're at the crossroads now of, well, the trial's over. Has it worked? So, you know, it has worked. There's no doubt about that. It has worked for us for all the reasons I've already mentioned. So it's really where we go from here, you know, formalising it into the future. And that's, that's certainly the challenge for 2022 for us. Very good. So I'm guessing then that how that actually works in terms of the practicalities is that not everybody takes the same days off. Is there a sort of rotation around this or what way did you work that? Yeah, exactly. So again, you know, I think for anyone listening, you have to be flexible in your approach around that. And I mean, I've spoken to so many other businesses that have introduced the 40 week in a different way than what we have. But for us, it's the service industry. So we have to be available 
when our clients expect us to be, which is, you know, generally five days a week, nine to five. So we couldn't close on a day, for example, that just wouldn't work for us. Obviously, for JMK, we have core commitments, which are, you know, usually outside of our control exactly when courts are going to sit, etc. So we have to have a certain number of every team available every day to deal with our clients and then deal with whatever other external requirements we might have. So we just looked at a core number of people we needed in each department. And then we were able to give everybody, you know, a day off on that basis. So, for example, say you need 10 people in one department then you would make sure you always have 10 on that day. Maybe there's, you know, 15 in the department and each have a day off. However, it would work practically. We were able to give people in general the day they wanted off. I suppose everyone has the idea that they'll want a Monday or a Friday off. But in fact, that wasn't the case. People were quite happy to have a day off during the week. I know for a lot of families, it was, you know, real childcare benefit to having a day off midweek as well. So that suited a lot of people. I suppose for us, Monday is the day we were more reluctant to have people off because with the backlog from the weekend, that will usually be our busiest new, you know, new client, new case day. So we have less of the team off on a Monday for that reason. That was at the outset. But actually, as time has gone on, we've got used to managing, you know, less people off. And that's probably not such an important factor now as I think it might have been or we thought it might have been at the outset. So yeah, practically that's what's worked for us. But as I said, lots of companies have taken a day off. And I know some in particular have suggested that there is a greater benefit to have a Monday or a Friday off so that you have a three-day weekend. So you have three days to kind of unwind. You know, I can see that that could be beneficial and that's maybe something we need to think about, you know, into the future as well. So I suppose it's what works for your industry and what works for your particular business needs. Yeah. Did you put any caveats around this? Did you publicly communicate any sort of boundaries to this in terms of thinking about things like the impact on business performance? Anything that would say if this happens or that happens yeah. or if this doesn't work, then we're going back to a five day week? Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Because fundamentally, if we don't look after the business, we none of us have a job or a future so that absolutely the business had to be protected. And, you know, we said that from the outset. What we did was we agreed on some key performance indicators, measures that we always had, you know, in place largely to measure the performance of the business. But rather than looking at them from a, you know, operational or board level, we got the team involved with those key performance indicators. So we were able to agree with them what performance should be maintained and what were the things that we had to look at. So they vary significantly depending on the department throughout the business, of course, The one I gave you at the start was in terms of client satisfaction. You know, that was one of the key performance indicators. We said we would not fall below a 95% approval rate from our clients. So it had to stay at 95%, as well as that some of the other ones would have been, um, you know, duration of cases or, you know, those type of things, specific tasks, numbers that had to be generated you know, on a weekly or monthly basis, that type of thing. But as I say, it's quite industry specific for us. So it wouldn't be greatly beneficial for me to tell you exactly what they all are. But I mean, look, client satisfaction is one that will cover most businesses, you know, but the ones that are relevant to your business, you know, anyone will know what they are. So that is exactly what we did. And we didn't ask for an improvement in them. We wanted the performance to remain the same as it was in 2019 when we were working five days a week. We said if we could keep that performance the same in 2020, 2021, then we would know 
that the project was working. I mean, I'm delighted to say that in the main, you know, in fact, some of the KPIs have improved, as I mentioned, the client satisfaction one. Some of them have stayed the same. Some of them haven't been great. You know, some of them have changed also because the pandemic, you know, changed our processes so much. I mean, for example, you know, we had a few months where there were no, there were no court settings at all. So that obviously was going to impact our KPI in terms of getting cases to court when the courts were closed. And then following on from that, we now have site links, you know, which is virtual court hearings, which is something that didn't exist when we set those KPIs in 2019. So I suppose you have to be flexible enough with those as well. And maybe in a normal time without a pandemic, those KPIs would have been more static. But obviously with how society has changed, the KPIs have been impacted by that. But, you know, fundamentally, the message is the same there. You agree what your business needs to continue, what performance needs to be maintained for it to be successful. And I think if you're very clear and transparent with the team at the outset that that has to happen, then they are very clear. They'll know whether the project is working or not. And we've always shared those stats with all of the team. So, you know, that information is available for anyone who wants to see it at any point throughout the team. So, you know, I think that transparency is important to see whether the project can long term become part of the business or not, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Any other kind of major challenges or obstacles or anything maybe unexpected that was a problem that you didn't think about in advance beforehand? I'm sure there are lots. I think one of the unexpected ones that came my way that I really did not anticipate was some of the team working and doing something different on the fifth day on their day off. So, you know, I think I just thought everyone would be delighted to have a day off, not that they would find something else to do. You know, on the day off, I'm delighted to say the things that the team have been beneficial to them personally and to the business. But, you know, some of our team, for example, have been volunteering, one with an NHS provider, which is, you know, great. Another one has been involved in teaching, you know, which they've been able to do on a part-time basis, lecturing, you know, so they've been able to share their skill and knowledge that, you know, they share with us every day in the business. So, you know, when I was asked, is this okay? I thought, oh, I don't know, is it okay? Does it does <laughs> it defeat the purpose, you know, because you're not having a day of rest? But I think as long as it's something that is adding value to their lives and, you know, improving their lives, that surely improves their health and well-being. And as I said, the purpose of the project was always to do that for the team, to improve their health and well-being and, their, you know, their life generally. So, why would there be an obstacle against it? You know, if it's something that's good for them, then it's good for us. Absolutely. And I'm sure that people are out there developing skills in other ways, in other places that, and maybe exactly. even confidence too, that they're bringing back into their work with you. It makes me think actually of the kind of tie-in here with some of the tech companies would offer things like 10 or 20% time where people can go and work on things that are meaningful and yes. interesting to them. And it's not necessarily directly related to what they have been doing every other day of the week, but sometimes the products and the ideas and the things that come from that time are groundbreaking for those organizations. So, you know, the same here, what you're doing is you're effectively giving 20% of the week for people to go and do something that they're passionate about, something that's meaningful to them. And I think that could definitely have great benefits for your organization as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I know, you know, from speaking to other organizations who've done as well, they've kind of challenged the team to say, what are you going to do on your day off? 
and I know myself, I, I remember at the outset, you know, promising myself that I was going to spend that day, you know, doing something for me and spending time with my kids and not that it become a day where I clean the house because I would be that, you know, I might as well be working and yes, <laughs> spending the day doing that. So I know I was sort of strict with myself and saying, right, this day is going to be special because, and I know you mentioned some organizations have asked the team to, you know, give a day to charity or tell them, share their experiences, what they've done on the day off so that they feel that it's worthwhile. And I think that's a really good idea. And that's not something we did at the outset, but it may be something we do in the future. Because as you said, I think sharing with the rest of the team, you know, what your day means to you would be beneficial for everybody, you know, and that's a lovely message to be able to share externally as well as internally, you know. Yeah. So do you think this is something that can work anywhere? Because if I put myself in the shoes of, you know, some organizations that I know, I can imagine they would immediately be thinking that's great on paper, but there's no possible way we could ever make that work in our business. Yes. And, you know, I've been asked that so many times. Yes, I think it could work anywhere. I think that you have to be prepared to be flexible. I mean, what worked in GMK solicitors or crash services may not be the model that will work for your business. But if you can be flexible in your approach, you should be able to make it work. I mean, for example, for us, the department that was a challenge for us, particularly in crash services, was our recovery team. And that is a team of drivers who drive recovery vehicles to pick your car up at the side of the road. You know, if your car has been in an accident and the guys who will deliver you a higher car. So their duties it was difficult to make them more productive or improve their procedure because it takes as long as it takes to drive from Newry to Belfast, for example. You know, so it was difficult to improve productivity in that team. But there were some things that we were able to do and we were able to make improvements in other teams which had a knock-on effect for that team, you know, so they could offload some of the administrative work around those tasks to other teams. So I suppose I give that example because I think that is, you know, if we could do it in that team, you should be able to do it in most customer facing roles. I would also say that, I mean, it may be a fact that you have to recruit more staff in certain teams to make it work. That just might be a practical reality. But I think if you look at the overall impact and improvement to your business, it may well be worth increasing your staff costs to make this happen because it will improve your business in all those other areas that I've mentioned. You know, it will reduce your sickness rates. It'll increase your staff engagement and satisfaction, which will improve your business and will improve productivity and will improve profitability long term. You know, I think you have to look at it like that. There's no one size fits all approach. You know, it may be the fact that you need more staff to make it work. We didn't, you know, necessarily. But as I say, I am always open to accepting that things change in the future. In that department in particular that I mentioned, we did recruit after the 10% reduction in that department because we could see that really for the guys to get the benefit of it, we had to recruit because it started to look like other people were doing overtime and things like that, which totally defeated the purpose, you know. So we did have to take a pragmatic approach in that department. But that was the only one, you know. And as I say, overall, the benefits enormously weighed the extra cost for staff in one department and ultimately the company has been more successful because of that but you have to be able to have that overall view of it I think to make it work 
I know, you know, obviously the challenge retail hospitality, they would be the ones that would see the challenge because they had need, you know, men on the floor, numbers on the floor. But I think you can make it work. You know, I think you can. And maybe slowly and surely is the way to do it in that kind of environment, you know. Yeah. And I think in a lot of organizations, there is this mindset of what is the fewest number of people that we can provide this service with. But that has such an impact on the performance levels of those people then who are providing the services. And obviously, as you mentioned, things like the service itself, yeah, and things like then absence levels, people can't cope with the workload, etc. And then ultimately, they leave. So staff retention. So if all of those important areas are getting better, then exactly as you say, it's a really good point. Maybe you can actually have more staff because your business is performing much better because of it. So if people were listening to this and they were thinking, okay, it's interesting. I've still got a lot of questions. I'm not sure how we would go about doing this. Is there somewhere they can go to get advice, support with this kind of movement? Um, well, there wasn't really for us when we started, but there is now certainly a lot more resources out there. The Four Day Working Week is an organisation that is trialling the Four Day Working Week throughout a number of countries. Currently, the trial is ongoing in the Republic of Ireland. It's due to start in the UK, I think, in the summertime. So there are people there who will support you throughout the trial. They will give you an opportunity to talk to other businesses who have already implemented the Four Day Week. Myself, along with our MD, Maurice Hutchinson, we have been working as mentors with the trial companies in the Republic of Ireland, and that's going to continue for the next six months or so. So I think the fact that you can have access to conversations to other companies that are making the change and to companies like us that have already made the change, we can practically assist and support those who want to do it. So it's certainly there's a lot more resources out there than there was when we that out in 2018 on the journey that we were hopefully nearly at the end of or in the midst of. I'm not sure how best to describe it. Yeah. Well, look, that sounds like an invaluable resource there for people. If they wanted to get in touch with the, the four-day week, then should they just go to the website, look that up online, or do you have contact information? Yeah, no, well, I don't work for them specifically, mm-hmm. but, you know, you'll find all their details online, certainly. The guy managing that project is called Joe O'Connor, and you'll find him on LinkedIn or Google or any of the social challenge uh, channels. Okay, brilliant. Well, look, thank you so much, Michelle, for coming on the show, for sharing your experience of the four-day week with us. Thank you to everybody who has tuned in and listened to this first episode of the Vibrant Workplace podcast. If you have any feedback or if you have any suggestions on topics, ideas that you've seen out there in the world of work that you think we could explore on this show, please do get in touch and let us know or even to suggest people that you think it would be worth interesting interviewing on the podcast. So you can contact info at vibranttalent.co.uk for that. If you have enjoyed listening to the show, It is new. We would really appreciate if you could give us a five-star rating and also give it a share, help us get it out there and spread these really great stories to people working in other organizations who might be able to learn from these and implement them in their businesses and ultimately improve the world of work. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with another episode next month. Mm